0: One word: telenovela. If I say that, do you know what I'm talking about? A few yeses. I'm seeing some blank stares. Okay, a telenovela is a Latin American serial drama. You can kind of think of it like a Spanish soap opera, and it's one of those stores that they'll have like a show like every day, like five n- nights a week, and they keep people's interest peaked, the plots just get more and more and more ridiculous. I think one of the main difference though with American soaps and telenovelas, the Latin American serial dramas, is for us soap operas air during the day, right? But telenovelas air during prime time. They're in the evening, that 6, 7 o'clock slot. And it's much more prevalent, I think, culturally than it is in different generations and stuff in the United States, it's one of the, or at least with the English-speaking culture in the United States the reason I share that with you is before we get to today's passage we need to set the stage a bit by recounting the story of King Saul who came right before King David and what happened between Saul and David and how David became King and that's the part that we saw in today's reading or we heard in today's reading but this is kind of one of those stories where the plot seems to get more and more ridiculous as the stakes keep getting higher and higher and I want your help this morning to recount the story of how David became King David and to do it similar to a telenovela now telenovelas are usually filmed before live studio audiences congratulations you all made the cut and one of the cool things about or one of the interesting things about it is you'll hear the audience audibly react when things happen like when the guy pops behind, he's like, I'm your brother. He's like, well, I'm actually your father. Ah, I was dead the whole time. You know, they, these crazy stories go. Then you hear the audience gasping really loud. So when you hear something that's kind of surprising in this recount, I want to see if we can gasp so loud that the mics pick it up and people at home can hear it. Are you ready? Do you want to test? Okay. Maybe this is, I'll do it anyway. The Bears are going to the Super Bowl. We're so surprised, right? Huge gasp. Okay, so when you're surprised, you just gasp, and feel free to have that reaction so the people at home are hearing this. Okay, here we go. We're going to start our story with Saul becoming king. He starts off, and he gets all this good reputation by winning battle after battle, conquest after conquest. But then he makes a decision. See, there's no policy about separation of church and state, So he decides that as king, he should have authority over all of the priests. Thank you. That should be surprising to us, right? That's not a good thing. Okay. So he decides, as king, he gets authority over all the priests. And then he decides that he's not going to listen to God. Oh, yeah. We know that one's a bad one. Right? So then the loss of his kingdom is foretold. It's prophesied by the prophet Samuel. We heard from 2 Samuel today. We're in 1 Samuel with this story. And then Saul becomes ill. He gets really sick. He's disgraced. Walt Walt has a sympathy for Saul. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. And so Saul becomes really sick, and he's disgraced. And then he calls David, just young David to his side, to play music. Perhaps you know that David was a famed musician to help him feel better. And this playing music for ailing King King Saul is what starts David down the path of being the psalmist, one of the psalmists. So when David is Saul's armor bearer during this point but he's mainly known throughout the camp because they're at war and the camp as the boy who plays the harp. And then when the battle happens with the Philistines David the musician uses perhaps one of his more well-known stories the slingshot to fell Goliath in one-on-one combat. Preventing battle between the two armies. After that, David, the musician, becomes an overnight rock star. Saul names David his champion and offers David his eldest daughter, Merab, in marriage. And David looks at her and looks at Saul and says, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, right? <laughs> David then goes with the army to conquest, saying, I'm going to be a soldier. And when he returns from, his ba- from battles, his songs are sung in his honor with one line in particular saul has slain his thousands and david his tens of thousands so what this song is saying and saul's hearing this david's a way better warrior and leader in general than king saul is so what does saul do well he gets pretty jealous he's jealous of david's getting all the attention and the popularity And he knows that Samuel foretold that Saul would lose his throne. So Saul puts two and two together and gets, right? And he thinks, David is the one who's got to take my throne from me. Isn't this fun? (laughs) So Saul begins to actively plot against David. By offering his other daughter, Michal, who is in love with David. She's in already, because David's a rock star, right? So she's already in love with David. And David says, I can't. I'm too poor. I can't afford the bride price for a king's daughter. So Saul says, and I'm not making this up, that instead of a traditional bride price, he'll accept 100 Philistine body parts. Yeah. And not just any body part, but a specific one. Does anyone know this story? Curious? Don't say it out loud if you do. Will you raise your hand maybe? No? If you, okay. If you're curious what body, body part, read 1 Samuel 18. It's, it's worth a, 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 a searching into if you want to. Anyway, so Saul wants David to personally kill 100 enemies in battle to prove his worth. Why does Saul do this? To give enemies 100 chances to kill David. And surely at least one of them will succeed. So what does David do? He goes to battle, and he returns back with 200 and marries Michal. Saul later sends assassins to kill David while he sleeps. Okay, this has to be surprising. We're not seeing assassins every night, are we? Right? So Saul sends assassins to kill David while he sleeps. David is sleeping next to Saul's own daughter when Saul does this. But Saul knows this, and he plots with Michal, thinking Michal will side with her father, but she loves David. So she helps David escape. She tells him what's got to happen. She takes a statue and puts it in the bed where David would sleep and covers it with sheets. Did anyone here ever a kid ever stack pillows in your bed and then cover it up so your parents wouldn't know? You don't have to admit to it, but some of us maybe, maybe did that. I know I saw it in a lot of sitcoms. I think I tried it once after seeing it on TV it did not work for me maybe you had better luck i think i was also like six and like hiding behind the bed but anyway so david escapes out and then david escapes he develops a friendship with jonathan who is saul's son and jonathan tries to broker a peace between the two and not for the first time and saul throws a spear at his son Jonathan delivers the message of fury to David, and David goes, there's no chance here, and he just flees and gets out of Dodge. And he heads out to the countryside. Now, while David's in hiding, he receives help from a high priest at the temple of Nob. Saul discovers this and kills the priest. And then kills 85 other priests that are also in the temple. The entire population of the temple Saul massacres. But David escapes. And then seeing that there was this bloodshed, he starts to amass a small army of his own. Saul continues to hunt David. In one occasion, he tracks David himself to a cave. David with his men are camped out hiding. He tells his men not to hurt Saul. But David himself sneaks up to Saul, cuts off a part of his robe as proof that he could have killed Saul but didn't. And then retreats back. But Saul doesn't give up. With an army, he continues to hunt David. David later sneaks into Saul's own tent while Saul was sleeping, steals Saul's own spear and water jug, raises his spear over the sleeping Saul, and thrusts it into the ground right next to him, again showing, I could have killed you, but I didn't. David and Saul then reconcile again, but it would be the last time they see each other. For shortly after this, Saul dies after a battle with the Philistines. And that is what leads us to today's reading. When we have all the top tribes of Israel come to David at Hebron and said, We are of your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become the ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, reigned for 40 years, in Hebron over Judah for seven and six months, and in Jerusalem over Israel, 33 years. Now, if we know the full story of David, not just how he became king, but the full story, especially the stories while he was king, we know it's a complicated one there are a lot of rises and there are falls there are great successes and tremendous failures just like the part of the story we recapped it's a roller coaster ride it was two weeks ago two weeks in a day that Hamas launched rockets into Israel and it did not take long for Israel to respond and regardless of our political leanings or affiliations we have seen pictures and video and heard stories of civilians the definition of innocent people being caught in the crossfire or intentionally targeted in this region it has been a roller coaster ride to say the least we're two weeks in I don't know how long this will last it's I think it's impossible to say that anybody knows how long it will last but perhaps you join me in feeling like I want off this ride that I'm ready for this to end there's another roller coaster we've been on that sometimes I think we forget about with everything else happening that in February of 2022 20 months ago Russia invaded Ukraine that war is still going on now what we have in this passage And the reason we had a a lengthy recap is to illustrate that the people are coming out of a time full of conflict and loss and death. And when David is anointed king, that's their chance to again say, we have hope for the future. Here at PCWS, we haven't been at war. We haven't experienced loss on the scale that we've seen in the news But there has been a period of uncertainty, a period of at least wondering what will come next. Let us be reminded here today that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus Christ is the head of the church and let us look forward with hope to the future. I invite you, we're going to take a moment here, and I invite you just to dream a little bit. Don't close your eyes and fully fall to sleep. I'll have Stephanie play some chimes. We'll wake you up. But dream just a little bit with hope for the future of PCWS. Think about what is your dream or your hope for the future of this church. With that dream, that hope in mind, we're going to be trying something new.